Anyway, you slice it, Brandon Stokely. Then Broncos offense in 2022 was uh, Garbaje. Huh. Yeah, no bueno. No, I think that's safe to say. Good job. Yeah, uh, in la basura. Who? Where? In uh, in the garbage. Can. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, you didn't know basura? It's garbage. No. Kisner? I don't speak other languages. <laughs> you don't? I'm not that smart. Do you speak, uh, what's your love language, Kevin? My love language? Uh, yeah. See, you're losing me there. Yeah. I had, a, I had a girl tell me that one time. I was like, I don't know what you're talking she about. She asked you that? Yeah. You're like, that was uh, it? Just uh, hug me. <laughs> That's my love language. No, people actually do ask each other that. Like, yeah? The new age, like, relationship really? stuff when you're, like, talking out everything and trying to figure out what's going on and what each other likes and what you, you know, what you respond to and what you don't. What's your love language, Brandon Stokely? Mm. Yeah, cool. La basura. Yeah. And that's where the Broncos offense was last year uh, in the garbage. They were 16.9 points per game, last in the league. Okay. Russell Wilson, who came here with a lot of expectations, went 4-11 and as a starter. Your leading rusher last year didn't even start the team. It was a year on the team. Latavius Murray, he had 703 yards rushing. Uh, the second leading rusher on this team, also gone, Melvin Gordon. He had 318 yards rushing. The third leading rusher on this team last year, Russell Wilson, 277 yards on the ground and through the air, not a lot of not a lot of smoke, man. You were on a team where three receivers got over a thousand yards. Is that right? Yes. Y'all did that once or, or, or twice or what? Once. Okay, that's a really rare um, occurrence. But none of the Broncos receivers went over a thousand yards last year, and that's also sort of a rare occurrence that just have a lack of productivity, especially with you know guys who are so highly touted. Jerry Judy led the league, or not led the league, led the team with 972 yards. So he got close. Yeah. You know, he's trying to get over that hump. Corlin Sutton, 829 yards last year. Greg Dulcich, 411 yards. So my opinion is that these guys got to step up and make plays for Russell. He can't do it all himself. Um, clearly, he needed some help last year. He was trying to do it himself and making, but he didn't get a lot of special plays from those guys out there. I can't no. remember a lot of special plays being made by the pass catchers. Who's got to step up this year to make Russell Wilson play better? Yeah, I mean, that's a that's a, a, a good point. I mean, those guys need to play better. I mean, I think when you look at, at the wide receiver position, it's got to be your top two. They both need to step up. You know, Cortland needs to be better, and, and Jerry needs to be better. I don't know how this hamstring injury is going to impact Jerry Judy. Hopefully it's not a lingering thing, and hopefully, you know, at, at the most it's a couple games that he misses at the most. Um, but he needs to step up. Look, you just picked up his fifth-year option. Uh, he's he's make he's he he's going to be around here next year. So you made a big commitment to him. You picked him fifteenth overall. If you picked him in the second round, you'd be like, all right, he's been fine. But you picked him fifteenth overall. So our expectations were for much more. I know mine were. He was my favorite receiver coming out of the draft that year. What and made him your favorite receiver coming out of the draft? He just could do it all. He did it all. Um, he was really good. Run after the catch. Uh, made big plays tough he blocked you know he was just a really really good um he blocked yeah yes <sighs> why didn't he bring that here i've seen him block here a little bit yeah a little bit a right. little bit okay. i mean like he's not a tim patrick blocker no um but he'll mix it he'll mix it up he's a tough wide receiver um and so i, I don't know you know why it hasn't happened for him here obviously some of the, the circumstances haven't helped mm-hmm you know, changing quarterbacks, offensive coordinators seem like every year, all this stuff, that doesn't help. No, uh, no. You, your development as a wide receiver. 
Uh, and, and he's just had too many drops. So I think it starts with him. He, he needs to step it up. I'm, uh, let's stay with Jerry for a second yeah. because the drops, the hands issue, the yeah. inconsistencies. I mean, did you ever have a stretch in your in your career where you were dropping passes? I did. And, and how'd you get through it? Uh, just work. You know, there's no other way to like do the it. the jugs? Yeah, just catch balls. Yeah. Catch as many balls as possible. And then, you know, that, that only gets you so far, though, because now you got to do it in the game, which is different than doing it in practice and doing it extra drills to, to get your confidence back. You know, it's uh, until you go out there and do it. It's like golf. They were talking about golf earlier. Same thing. Like, if you are not hitting the ball well, okay, and then how do you get better? you got to go practice. You go to the driving range, okay? But you're still going to have that in the back of your mind until you go out on the course and do it, Yeah. right? And same thing in football. He's got to go out there and do it on game day. And that was, for me, that's when I had to, that's when I had to do it because you can, I can catch all the balls I want, but I'm not going to get my confidence back until I do it on Sunday. Make sense? Oh, absolutely. But it's like the weird, like with the catch, you know, drop problem. It's like this weird self-fulfilling prophecy where the more you think about yeah. it, the more you put a kink in the hose that's supposed to just be flowing. Did you ever have any? Like, I never really you, did, no. You, I mean, I was like, I was in a bad spot. For me, that was the one thing that was... Came, always came natural to yeah. me as a catch of the passes. I did have one egregious in-game drop that you bailed me out of against the Raiders. And I think it was the opening game of the season. It was a home – no, I'm sorry. It was a, it was in Oakland. It was a Monday night game. All right? And uh, – What year was this? It must 07? have been 07, 08. 08. It had to be 08. Because 07 we opened with the Bills. It, it was Raiders on the road Monday night. Okay. And uh, first – you know how we get the – you good on the – yeah, my chair's like I'm trying to figure it out. <laughs> so it was a Monday night, and it was, uh, you know, the first 15. We script the first 15. Yeah. And so I know I'm I'm here in play number three, and I'm running, I'm running a stutter comeback. Okay. So I'm split out wide. I'm running like a, a stutter comeback is you stutter first at five yards like you're going like to do a stutter go. Right. And then you get their hips turned, and then you actually do a comeback. They're like, oh, I got this covered. Yeah. You run a bad stutter go route. Right. Exactly. But – and then you slam on the brakes. And then you about slam 15 on the, yards, yep. 18? Yeah, about 15, okay. 18 yards. All right. And uh, you you remember Oakland's field, they had the, the baseball down, yeah. the dirt over there. Yeah. What's wrong with that? Well, you know. Split football and the baseball <laughs> Right, field. no big deal. No. So in, in warm-ups, I'm like, okay, I know this. I know the first 15. Hey, Nate. But the NFL cares about player safety. Of course. So, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Look, that's why they instituted the concussion protocol. Yeah. yeah. All right? Sorry, go ahead. No, it's all good. And so in warm-ups, obviously I know what this play is. It's a third play of the game or whatever it is, and I'm out there in warm-ups. I'm like, well, if we, catch, if we, if we receive the ball right here, and we're mo- I'm going to be making that break in the dirt. Hope, hope we're on the other side of the field. Right. And sure enough, you know, we receive that ball, and I'm going to be making the break <laughs> in the dirt. And um and I'm thinking and that about dirt it. was it was hard and it was yeah. it was yes not ideal to run routes on no just, and so the so the the end of that route the comeback part did the stutter got his hips turned broke down I'm thinking about the dirt I got out of the break fine I turned around it was a good ball but I'm thinking about the dirt and right. my feet on the dirt and the ball hit me in the hands perfect throw and just fell to the ground man bounced in that dirt Jay Jay's like Bleh! he's like yelling at me. <laughs> I'm like, bro. And, <laughs> and he's like, ah. Yeah, you're like, bro. Bro, man, you think I did it on purpose? <laughs> One of the worst parts about that was like, you know, I'm from the Bay Area, so I had to get a bunch oh. of tickets. A bunch right. of my friends and family are there. And, you know, your friends and family, they sometimes show up late. I'm like, don't be late. 
you got to get there for kickoff because right. I'm getting the ball in the third I'm telling play. you, the third play I got is the me. first 15 right here. Right. It's going to be me. It's going to be me, right? And it was like second and eight. And uh, dropped the ball. Dropped the ball. Okay, so we have Zebra come on the field. Stokely trots on the field. There he comes. In the huddle. And it was like uh, a little whatever it was. They had you on a little option route. Okay. And you picked up the first down, man. You moved the chains. That's good. good. And for a guy like, you know, you know how it is, man, when you make a mistake. Oh. And you feel like, oh, my gosh, because this could could seem like, you know, snowball into us losing the game. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I made a mistake that the, the chain of events got screwed up here. All of a sudden, we punt. They go down, score a touchdown. You're down seven zero. Right, and and like if someone converts that third down or whatever, like that mistake's not as bad anymore. No, it goes away. But, but if if you don't convert that third down, it's it's on you. Yeah, right. You should have caught that yeah. ball in second down. We had first and ten. Exactly. Right? So it's a little bit of a trickle down effect there. But yeah, Judy, I don't I don't know. Nate, I, you just got to get back to you know you just got to catch, just got to catch the football. You got to work on it, and then you have to do it in the games. I mean, we saw it against Arizona. All he did was take his eyes off the football and look upfield and like slow it down. Yes. That's the football first, and 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 everything after that's line yap extra. That's line yap, and not only that, but if Jerry Judy makes a mistake, is someone else on his team going to pick him up and make the play on the next play right. to forget about that and have the type of weapons where you don't rely on one guy? It's a collaborative effort, and we're all in this together. And if one guy makes a mistake, we bail you out, like you bailed me out. Well, I don't know if they have any Stokelys out there though. That's true. That's the problem. Marvin Mintz Jr., maybe? Eh? <laughs> Talk to me in seven years, right? That's right. Two Super Bowl victories later. That's right. What is the magic win total that both the Buffs and the Broncos need to get to this season in order to be considered a success? We'll take a swan dive into that conversation next. Yo. His palms are sweaty, knees weak, arms are heavy. There's vomit on his sweater already. Mom's spaghetti, he's nervous, but on the surface he looks calm and ready to drop bombs. But he keeps on forgetting what he wrote down. The whole crowd goes so loud, he opens his mouth, but the words don't come out. He's choking how? Everybody's choking now. The clock's run out. Time's up. Over. Loud. Snap back to reality. Snap back to reality. Did you have you been watching Hard Knocks, Brandon Stokely? I watched the first two episodes, and then I saw uh, it was on uh, a couple nights ago. Um, but I had the, the sound was off, so I was just kind of watching it, you know. The one that was on a couple nights ago, I watched that last night, and it was um, they were doing rookie shows. Uh huh. And one of the like uh, he's like a white DB. He did the whole B Rabbit flow from yeah. eight, eight Mile. Uh-huh. I don't know if you remember, like, the culminating climactic scene in the movie 8 Mile when Eminem delivers, like, the battle rap verse to end it all where all he right. just clowns on himself the whole time. Do you, do you know what I'm talking about? Sure. No. If there was a Nickelback movie, you would know it. Yes, but... that's right. <laughs> I would know it. But Eminem uh, delivers this iconic, you know, moment in that in that film. And this this DB did it. That whole that whole song, he was really, really good. Good. And he got a standing ovation from, oh, nice. from the... The fellas, it was okay. It was a cool moment, you know, being in those, um, being in those lo- in those meeting rooms when you're having performances by the rookies. It's it's a team building event. Yes. Did you always, did you always appreciate those, or were you like, man, why are we why are we putting these guys through that? That's not cool. Um, no, I mean, I appreciated it sometimes. I, I think there's a fine line. I was always, you know, some of those guys I felt bad for because they were so bad, and you know, they get <laughs> paper thrown at them and booed, and I, was, like, oh, I feel bad for funny. this, this yeah. guy. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean that's not bad. That's that's just part of it, right? Yeah. You get up there and you put on a show, right? At least, 
I wasn't down with the the hazing, the, the haircuts. Yeah. The Did you get a one. haircut? No, no, thank goodness. Yeah. No, um, no, I didn't. Cool. No I didn't haircut. Either. I didn't either. All right, the Denver Broncos and the CU Buffs. Well, I wouldn't say high expectations. A lot of anticipation. Though. Yeah. Um, but um, well, Vegas has the over under win total for the CU Buffs at three and a half, and for the Broncos at eight and a half. First of all, see you. You think they, they go over or under that? Oh, man, this is a tough one. I'm going to go over. I'm going to go over. I, I think uh, I, I'll, I'll put them at four. I'll give them four. Um, and we'll see. And, and that's a great thing. Like, we had CJ on, my former partner. Down, He's down there in Texas. Um, and we, there's been so much change there. It's hard to really project who they're going to be, right? It's, yeah, incredibly difficult. I mean... 80, 80 new guys, something like that? Yeah, and a lot of talent, obviously. But it usually doesn't – you don't just get thrown together and all of a sudden it's like we're this great football team when you have that much change. Yep. So it's, it's going to come down to one or two games, whether they can get over that or not. And you're talking about, like, do you beat Nebraska or do you lose to Nebraska? Can you beat Arizona State or do you lose to Arizona State? Games like that, um, those two will probably decide the if they can get over that number or not. Uh, you know, I'm not expecting them to beat USC, Utah, um, um, Oregon State, uh, but you know those fifty-fifty games. You're gonna need to win to get over the three and a half. I'll, I'll put them at four. What about you? I'm gonna go under. I'm gonna go with three, simply because three. of my simply my, because of my um, concern about the trenches, about the big boys. Sure, you know Dion. Dion to me has the way he's talked about building this team. He's built it from the outside in, which I think is unusual. You know, when it comes to the traditional way of looking at building a football team, it's usually the big boys. You start in the middle and you move out. And Dion, being the, one of the most dynamic, skilled athletes we've ever seen, looks at the game a little differently. And I, I appreciate that and value it. I just wonder if you'll be able to, in year one, be able to handle the physicality of teams who built it the other way. Yeah. You I know mean, what I mean? That's I mean, that's a valid point. Yeah. But, um, well, you, you mentioned Nebraska. Nebraska lost to Minnesota. Yeah, thirteen to ten, and uh, had the lead there. I think until late. Yeah, um, and uh, but obviously, Chelsea did away. Yeah, um, figured out a way to, to to lose it, and that's that's been what they've been doing here. They they just figure out ways to lose close games the last couple of years. Two and fourteen in one score games since twenty twenty one. Not good. Not good at all. Nope, not good at all. So uh, I'm excited about getting to watch see you tomorrow and and see what they look like and see what this finally. Because we've talked about him so much. There's been so much hype surrounding Dion and what he's done uh, with the program already. So much excitement. Now we get to watch the product on the field. Should be fun. But as you said, football team building takes some time. You can't just assemble a bunch of good players and think you're going to be a good football team right away. you got to gel. you got to come together. you got to find a way to play as a team. That's going to be Dion's challenge as a head coach to get these guys to play together and, and deal with adversity because it's probably going to come. All right. Let's talk about the Broncos real quick. Oh, were you going to say something? No, I want to ask you about the Broncos. Yeah, ask me. Where are you at with the Broncos right now? I'm not going to give you my number just yet. Yeah. Okay, because that's going to come next week. Okay. okay. My prediction. Okay. So I'm not going to give you my, um, you know, my over or under eight and a half right now because that's going to be too telling. I'm and, not going to give you mine either then. But okay. I, but all right. I, all right. Well, that's fine. But I am going to talk about how I feel about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Tell Cause, me your feelings. Because I'm following your lead as far as, like, Teasing and then delivering when yeah. it's in a more timely okay spot. Uh huh. Like why do it now? Right, right. But let's talk about it. Let's, yes. Let's walk up to that edge, look over, and then we'll just step back. Okay. Get close. Yeah. Okay. So I think like um, 
the Broncos are going to improve. I'm, I'm like when I hear Sean Payton talk and see what he's done with this team, I know that they're in good hands. The way he covers the details, the way he has a philosophy for everything, the way that every part is important because it affects the whole, the way that no stone is left unturned, just the way he talks about special teams detail shows me that this guy has it all covered. So this team is going to get better. But you know who else is going to get better? Who? Everybody else, too, man. Oh. They're trying to get better, too. But but don't, don't the Broncos have, like, so far, um, so much to get better at that they can close the gap a little close bit? Close the because gap a little bit, yeah. Now you have a competent uh, head coach. You're going to get better from Russ. He's going to help, you know, the offense just be better, which in turn is going to help the defense. So you figure just that would be a drastic improvement over the five five wins, right? Yeah. It's hard to even say that. I they can't even. They just won five games last year. Is it? Um, and so that that should help out a lot. Where you know these teams that are already pretty good, yeah, they, do they improve probably? Uh, but they're not going to see the improvement that the Broncos, right? Are, right. Okay, but look at it like this. Okay, let's say that the just for the sake of an argument, the Chiefs are ten feet better than the Broncos. Okay, ten feet better. Okay. okay? The Broncos get six feet. I'm sorry. The Broncos get 11 feet better oh, in the offseason. Okay. But the Chiefs get five feet better. Yeah. Well, the Chiefs are still better. Yeah. Well, that's obvious. And they close the gap a little bit, but you're still not as good. But you still can beat them. You can beat them if you're you, four feet worse. Yes. Okay. Right? I mean, that's an underdog. Any given Sunday. Any given Sunday, Nate. Right? right? We right. see it all the time. So... Um, I just want to see a better prepared football team. And I think we, we've seen that. The point of emphasis from Sean Payton on getting in and out of the huddle, right? Getting right. to play in quickly. Yep. Giving the quarterback time to um, look at the defense, see what they're trying to do, make any adjustments, and not have the home crowd, you know, count down the play clock. Yeah. That, that, that would be nice. And, like, that's a huge step in the right direction. Yeah. And, and we're seeing that impact already. We saw that throughout training camp and, and the preseason games. Yeah. So I'm, a, I'm just excited to see overall how many feet, you know, how many feet is the improvement. Yeah. Yeah, you hear this a lot. Guys talk about this on these airwaves. Uh, if you're not coaching it, you're allowing it. To me, it has to go further than that. It's not just what you coach. It's what you emphasize. That's it's, right. It's what you emphasize. Of course, Nathaniel Hackett told him they got to get the plays in on time. Of course, he told him that there's a play clock they got to worry about. Of course, he told him not to jump off sides. He told him all that stuff, and they still did it. Sean Payton is emphasizing it in a way that Nathaniel Hackett didn't and making it in the front of their brains and not in the back of their brains. And that operational stuff is just square one. Right? I, and I, I don't really realize. I mean, I don't think it was all on Nathaniel Hackett last year. You follow me? Yeah, I mean, I think Russ shared uh, blame in 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 some of those situations. All right, well, um, and and hence, like all of a sudden, he went to the wristband, mm-hmm. you know, and 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 things did get better. So I don't think it was all on Hackett for like, oh, he didn't get to play in until you know five seconds left. Ah, I'm not so sure about that one. So I think they all shared some blame and and those issues they had. But like you said, the emphasis. And the structure of how things are operating now are so much better. We're not just, we're not seeing those mistakes. Well, Sean Payton brings in that experience. He brings in that pedigree, that knowledge that he is given to his his team. I mean, he's calling practice. You know, he's calling to play dead and bringing everybody up and explaining his situations. They've talked about the situations that they go over. But will Russell Wilson allow Sean Payton to coach him the way he wants to coach him? That's next.
like it raw. You know that song, right? Wait, who? Wait, like it raw. This is old, dirty. You know who this? Oh, Cypress Hill. No. Oh, ODB, baby. Oh, shimmy, shimmy, yo, shimmy, yeah, shimmy, yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. Do you know that song? You just no. know this. You just know the beat. Yeah. Oh, sure. baby, I like. Oh. <laughs> wow. There's nothing, I mean, nothing wrong with that. <laughs> ODB, I just love your guys' music on the on the Zach and Stokely show. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank and you. Uh, and uh, well, I wonder if Russell Wilson likes ODB or, or um, Wu Tang Clan. Yeah, let's maybe maybe you can ask him that. Sean Payton wears Jordans. Yeah, he does. Yeah, got um, a Jordan deal. He's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Did you ever have a cool coach? Oh, that's a good one. Um, cool head coach. Yeah, like styling. Well, Brian Billick wasn't cool. Um, Tony Dungy, um, you know, he was just chill. Yeah. Uh, very quiet, very, you know. Um, Mike Shanahan. He was cool. Mike Shanahan was cool. Yeah, he was cool. Yeah, Mike Mike was cool. John Fox was cool. Yeah. Um, I would have liked to play for John Fox, yeah. I think. Shanny, Fo- Pete Carroll. Mm-hmm. Um, was he cool or was he more, more like the kind of dorky happy guy? Like, um, I think you know. Like, I'm cool, kids. I can. I'm down with a hibbity high. I can chew gum, throw the football with you. Yeah, let's play catch. Um, I think you know. For me, it was it was it was cool. It was cool. Yeah. I, I, but I think it could wear on you, like his style. It's rah rah Pete style, you know. Right. And, um, I think it, I, it could. I think. Um, but I, I enjoyed it. The um, that first year, you know, that that one year I was with him. Well, clearly got the best out of Russell Wilson, Pete Carroll. He did. P- uh, Russell responded to Pete Carroll's coaching style. Will he respond to Sean, Sean Payton's coaching style? Going to be very different from Pete Carroll. Here's Booger McFarland talking about this very topic. If Russell will listen to Sean and Russell will follow what Sean says, Russell can become a, a better quarterback. I just don't know if Russell can do, like, innately, can he do the things that Sean Payton wants to do? And here's what I mean by that. The Sean Payton offense is all about rhythm and timing and getting the ball out. One, two, three, ball out. One, two, three, four, five, ball out. Russell has never really played that way. Russell's best plays have been drop back, the improv plays, throw the football deep down the field. He's been one of the better deep ball throwers in our league. And that's kind of been his game. Well, that's been anything but what Sean Payton has had. When you go back to New Orleans, Drew Brees, always a rhythm and timing quarterback. Even when Teddy Bridgewater and Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill, when they all came in, Sean Payton had success with any quarterback because that quarterback understood what Sean wanted from an offensive standpoint. Will Russell allow himself to be coached? Will he allow himself to listen? Yes, I, I look. I, I think Booger's all over right there, but I think the answer is yes, Nate. I think it's he will. Of course, he will. He he has to. Um, he knows his back's against the wall here. If he doesn't have a good season, he could be done. He he could be done as a starter in the NFL. I mean that's that's what is going. That's what's riding on this season. So I think Russ is open and receptive. He's the one that said he wanted Sean Payton as his head coach. Uh, so I don't think that's a problem or an issue at all. But the problem and issue could be, can Russ actually do it? Can he do it when it calls for him to be on schedule on time? Does that make sense? Like Booger was saying, the yeah. one, two, three, 
Here, hit it here. One, two, three, four, five. Oh, that guy's not open. That guy's not open. I'm getting to my third read, and I'm staying in the pocket. You know, can he operate that way? I think that's the question um, that needs to be answered. So uh, aside from the, you know, first, second, third read stuff, the the hitting your back foot on a three-step drop and getting the ball out on time to your receiver whose route is mirrored up with your drop, he's taking three steps, I'm taking three steps, boom, I turn around, the ball's right there. That's what you learn on day one of high school football. Yeah. Why can a, Russell, Why is it a question mark as to whether Russell Wilson can do the most basic form of, of football passing? Well, I, I think he, you know, obviously he can do it, right? I mean, he can throw a hitch route. He can throw a slant route. He can throw an out, uh, a five-yard out route. Um, but what happens if that's covered? You know, are you able to get to your next reads and then deliver the ball on time, you know, to those guys um, and accurate? Right, and so that's the uh, that's the problem. And then the the five step drops. You know, when you when you now all of a sudden it's it's a little bit more involved, right? You got maybe a, a twelve to fifteen yard route on one side, and then you know if they play a certain coverage, now I got to go to the other side. That that seems to be more when Russ struggles. Um, and you know, last year I think the play that comes to mind is the Indianapolis Colts play, right? The one that where he locked in on Sutton yep. and they had a play design yep. for the right defense. Like sometimes you have a man beater on one side and a zone beater on the other side. It's like, okay, right. it's it's a cover one man beater, right? Everybody's just playing man to man. I should be going to the right and Russell looks to the left. Makes no sense, right? It's it just mind blowing. And that's not coaching, is it? Or is it? Well, it's a little bit of coaching. You know, you got to coach them up and let them know and like, hey. What are we doing here? Look, this is what we're reading. Right. You know, you see that safety come down. you got to know it's cover one man, so we want to start on the right side. So sometimes, yes, it is coaching, um, but also Russ should know that stuff too. Yeah. But, yes, like, hey, how are you coaching him up? And then when he makes the mistakes, what are your corrections? So you as a player, I imagine you, you like getting coached up. You like being told when you did something that was wrong and then how to get it better. Um, and – Every football player that I've been around wants to get better, wants a coach that's going to teach him something to make him better, to make him have more longevity in the league, to make more plays out there, to have more job security, to make a better contract. What was Peyton like as far as that went? His his philosophy with coaches, was he would he accept hard coaching? I mean, did you see Peyton get coached up hard? Maybe earlier in his career. Well, I mean... Peyton really didn't have to be coached hard. <laughs> right. You know, I mean, he was pretty much the coach. And he knew and, when he did something wrong. Right. Yeah. And you're talking about, you know, I got him in year, what? Um, he came in the league in, in 98, and I was with him in 03. So what's okay. that? Is, uh, 90, six year? He was going into his sixth year? Yeah. Um, so he was a veteran football player. He'd seen it all. Right. And um, so it wasn't like the coaches had to really, you know, hey, you need to do this. You need to do that. Um, he he kind of knew when he needed to do things, and he knew protections. He knew you know his responsibilities. He knew how to read defenses. All you know, so it wasn't like, hey, Peyton, that we're gonna use, we're gonna call this guy the Mike linebacker over here, and you know if they blitz here, we want to do this. Like Peyton already know knew all that stuff. Um, but so, theoretically, Russell should know all that too. Should, but right. some some people, um, you know, you can Don't process know the game that way. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah, exactly. And some people like to play football by being told what to do yeah. and not having to go out there and be the coach and, and execute those things on the football field and make those audibles and changes. And Some people just like to be told what to do. 
Yeah. Hey, tell me what to do, what play to run, and that's what I'm going to do, right? And and so not everybody operated like like Peyton, obviously. But I think with Russ, it's just doing the basics, and it's helping them out, and it's coaching them up. And I think coaching is a part of it, helping them, you know, maybe take a step back. Like we don't need to be playing, uh, we don't need to be going straight to calculus here. Let's just let's just go to algebra. Yeah. Right. And then and we can still win by taking a step back here and not trying to make it so complicated. Sometimes you think it's like it looks great on the board. It looks great, Nate, like all these plays and diagramming them and like this guy's going to do this, but it's way too complicated. Yep. And can you execute it as a football team? Can your quarterback execute it? And just he just couldn't last year. Keep it simple, stupid. Sometimes there that's the you answer. go. And comparing anybody to Kiss. Peyton Manning is actually a mistake. That guy was, you know, a, a unicorn amongst you. He was a tri-horned unicorn. He had oh. three horns. He was wow. Uh, he wasn't a tri-horned even horn. Yes, unicorn. Yes. So maybe we just got to. Maybe it's, maybe it's just okay to be a horse. Yeah. You know what I mean. Maybe it's okay to be a horse. Yes. Do you or a bronco? Let's ride. Do you remember five receivers? The best five receivers oh. you ever played with. We'll do that next. Okay. It was a Friday night. No cover, but the cover band was sounding right. Nothing Um, ah. Yeah, I'm not sure. Who's the dude who's doing a little finger? Like, my guy Dylan Scott. Dylan Scott. Okay. He's your guy, huh? He's my guy. Have you met him? I haven't, actually. Uh, yeah, I like this song. Good song, though. Where do, where do you find your new music, Kiss? Do you, uh... Well, when you, when you know a lot of people in Nashville, they kind of send it to you. Oh, they early. send they send it to oh, you. Yeah. Oh, Sometimes oh, wow. I like, could you take a look at this? Song? <laughs> I, I got a Morgan Wallen song in my phone right now that's not even out there. Wow. Why don't you play it on the radio, man? I didn't know. <laughs> Come on, Kissner. I can't play that. They wouldn't, be, they wouldn't be sending you anymore after that if they exactly. did that, huh? Exactly. Is it a good song? Yeah. Yeah. Damon Hardy. Is it a hit? Anything Morgan puts out is a hit. All right. That's, that's just okay. by default now. Well, I always enjoy this last segment with you guys because I get to hear new uh, country music that I've never heard before, but yeah. that sounds exactly the same as the one he played the previous day. Yeah, um, it? A little bit. Like, he has a he has a style. Kiss, kiss. When he plays a song, it, it, they they sound similar. Like, he, he has a similar vibe. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Um, all right. Well, this has been a fun four hours, man. Four. We've been with you for four of them things. Wow. That's a long time. It is. Yeah. And um, before we get out of here, I'm going to pay off this earlier tease. Okay. Okay, because you played right. 15 years in the NFL as a wide receiver. Yeah. And you played with some good, some great ones. But who are the top five wide receivers you ever played with? Well, i got to start with my two in Indy, right? Obviously, um, they're on the list there. Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne. Absolutely. Those two were just, uh, I came from Baltimore, and, you know, we couldn't throw a forward pass hardly. And get to Indy and to watch those guys work and to see see what it looked like um, on the – on the football field on Sundays was impressive, and I got to see them up close every day in practice and obviously in games, and it was just impressive. Like the the hard work that they put in, though it wasn't. Yeah, you know, they're very talented, but those guys grinded. 
they, I mean, that was some, some old school football work, right? Off season, before the games, they're out there on the field sweating, you know, going through, you know, whatever they went through. And um, that's what creates that ca- connection on the field. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So it, it's it, those two were, were uh, great. Um, and then I, um, I go with uh, Brandon Marshall here. I uh, got here in my um, ninth year. And I didn't, I didn't know who this guy was, right? And I'm coming off of an Achilles, and and I'm just, you know, going through the watching the off season practice. I wasn't practicing then because I was, you know, had the Achilles, and uh, but I'm watching this guy run routes and stuff, and I'm like, oh my gosh, like he runs really good routes, right? For a big guy, like, like you know, six four, six five, like two thirty, rocked out. Yeah, I'm like, man, no fat on his body, like this. The, like what's going? Like what's wrong with this guy? Like like why why, why like sixth wait, round or whatever it was? I think it was a fourth round. Oh, was he a fourth yeah, round? I, th- yeah. I think. But um, I'm like uh, like what does it didn't make sense to me? Right. You know how he could be a fourth round of the year before he's going into his second year now? Yeah. And I'm like, golly, I, I just think this guy's going to be. He's got a chance to be special, right? And and then obviously he really was. I yeah. mean, he was so good. He worked hard. Um, put a lot of you know, he watched a lot of film, and uh, but man, I'd never seen anyone, any wide receiver with the run after catch of him, none ever turned he, into a beast. I mean, he, he was a running back with the football in his hands, and he would he had the mindset of Marshawn Marshawn Lynch. Yeah, like one person's not going to tackle me. Yeah. It was it was impressive. Um, you know, uh, watching him play and how he operated, it was. He was he was one of those you know you talk about unicorn his yep. size yep. his speed his route running ability was I mean I don't know who you compare it to the only Denver Bronco receiver in history with three straight one hundred reception seasons impressive B Marsh yeah Hall of Famer what do you think um, I mean his numbers say so yeah well it, I never never played in a playoff game <sighs> that's unbelievable isn't that wild it it is it is um, yeah I don't know like. That's what you have to go back to for yeah. receivers is their numbers. Right. And I know we had some great years in Chicago, obviously had great years here. Um, so if the numbers say so, yeah. Next on the list, I'm not doing them in any particular order here, Demaryius Thomas. Uh, you know, he was the same type of body almost as, as B. Marsh, like a, just a big physical wide receiver, but also ran great routes. Uh, but he worked himself into running great routes. Came from a, obviously a running offense there with the option in, at Georgia Tech. But his size, his speed um, was um, was was just was so impressive. And to watch him, his rookie year, you know, drafted by Josh, and then when I came back a few years later in 2012, which was um, I guess you know I don't know if it was his third year, uh, but to see him just progress and get better and then all of a sudden he linked up with Peyton and it's like Poosh! and uh he was just um, a great guy great teammate and fun to be around but uh he just he big physical wide receiver that could do it all when he would catch that smoke route it was like look out he could go for 50 here yeah I that's, had him, that's I, just like the you know the route where he just kind of you know Right there at the line of scrimmage, yep, and then yep, just because like, what are you going to do? Yeah. I mean, you know, is a DB going to tackle him? You know, and so, um, and then he runs away from everybody else. 
Yeah, and I, that's that's part of the quick pass game that I'm like alluding to, and I want that to be a part of this team. So if you see off off coverage, you just throw, just get out of your hand, throw it to a guy, let him work like that. Yeah. And I know we we don't have any DTs on this team, right? But maybe Corlin Sutton can you know tap yeah. it, tap into the physicality and, and be able to take a, a ball like that. And sometimes those are just built into the run game, and we see it across the league. You see it um, right. where. If the if the defensive backs off of you, yeah. the quarterback's just going to raise up and, and throw it out to you. But you know you, you don't want to you don't want to get a two yard gain. You know, I mean, it's like it's like okay, that's obvious. Like if if it, if it worked every time, we just do it every time. Everybody would be doing it, but it doesn't always work every time, right? You got sometimes the receiver has to break a tackle. Yes, because yep. a DB, you know, once you put that stuff out on tape, you know, they're, they're driving on that pretty yeah. pretty hard and. And so if you're not going to break a tackle sometimes, it's just a wasted play. I, yeah. I caught that for two yards. We should have just ran the football, right? right? Um, and so so he's definitely on the list. And then, you know, I, I kind of go back to my um, – almost to my time in, in with the with the Giants, my three weeks with the Giants. Three today. weeks. And it's like, do okay, is it uh, Hakeem Nix? Mm. He, had, he had a great run, great run with the Giants. Victor Cruz. He had a great I, Yeah, he had a great run with salsa the Salsa dancing. Uh, yeah, salsa dancing all in the end zone. Um, <laughs> all over Bill Belichick and the Patriots. Eric Decker um, was, was great. So I'm going to kind of throw all of those in that last category, in that last one. I love it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cheat a little bit That's there. cool. I like it because uh, then you get to name more guys. That's right. That's right. Uh, played with some great tight ends, obviously. Yep. Shannon Sharp, Dallas Clark. Et cetera, et cetera. Wow. Jacob Tammy, yeah. Joel Dreesen. Wow. Um, and so um, Nate Jackson. Yeah, there's, there's, oh, yeah there's, he's there's, in there. He's there somewhere. He's in there somewhere. But no, I was I was obviously fortunate to play with a lot of great teammates. You yeah. know, early in my career was defensive guys. Oh man, because right, our defense with the Ravens Some and the best then, ever. And then um, later in my career became you know the second half it was offensive guys. Wow, I. Um, How about you? Do you have a list of like? I know, got receivers? some good receivers. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so I grew up a 49 <laughs> T-Mac. You can hear him three yes. three buildings away. Yeah. Um, I, I, I grew up a 49er fan, then I ended up on the 49ers in the receiver room with T.O. Oh. So Terrell Owens um, definitely was an incredible receiver after when the ball was in his hand, yeah. like, like, like B. Marsh. I, t- I saw him take a little shallow cross like in a preseason game and just like take it to the house, stiff arm a couple dudes, turn the corner. When he got the top speed, the dude like was – Uncatchable, right. and was so strong and dominant on the line of scrimmage. If a if a DB tried to press him, he just forklifted him, forklifted him out of the way, got in his route. Not the best hands ever, To right. not super smooth catching the ball, but uh, he's a top five receiver of all time, and definitely on my top five list. Um, Jerry Rice was here at the end of his career in KKFN, KKFN HD one Long, long Island. Yeah. <laughs> so so wait, but, well, but, what's the rules on that? Yeah, fifty seven. It's fifty seven. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but okay. so so. But he didn't play no. the season. No, he so did. Do you consider that a teammate? Like I was uh, teammates with Rod Smith. Yeah, but Rod was hurt that year yeah. in '07. Yeah. So like he, I don't know if he played at all. Well, um, he had the hip. I yeah. think it was. But but he was a part of our team. But you know, do you consider my that- top five is way better if I can if I can include Jerry in there? Yeah. Okay. Well, you know what I mean? guess what? It's our rules. We do what we want. Exactly. He. Um, so Jerry came in in the offseason. He was there for a couple of mini camps and then training camp. And then at the end of the training camp, Mike, Mike Shanahan told him basically that he was going to be the number four receiver, which means you got to play special teams or else you're probably not going to suit up. Right. And so Jerry kind of saw the writing on the wall and he retired. Um, and so he announced it to the team first, 
we were in a, we were in a team meeting and uh, and Mike said uh, someone has something to say and Jerry came in through the back of the room and he was dressed he was like dressed nice he wasn't like dressed like one of us like right. clearly something was going on he didn't have the mesh shorts and the Broncos no. t-shirt no right no he came and he came down to the front in front of all of us and he was like look um you know this has been great but I'm I'm hanging them up it's this is over for me and I just want to thank you guys for giving me this last chance and all that and then. You remember how, like, at the beginning of Stretch Line every day, we, they'd call up a rookie to come and do the dance, the breakdown? Yeah. No one ever asked Jerry to do that because he's Jerry Rice. Right. No one's trying to embarrass Jerry Rice, right? Exactly. But at the very end, when he retired, he came down, and he's like, and uh, since y'all never called me up to break it down, I want to break you guys down one last time. Oh. So we started what clapping. Boom, boom, boom. And then, hey! and then he just did a little dance. Huh? Oh. He's just a little, little, hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Everyone just clapped, and then Jerry just went off know, into the sunset. Off into the sunset, walked did you, up. Did you just did y'all just like watch him walk off the field into the like? No, the- he just walked up the meeting room, walked out the door. The door closed, and and then the legend had left the building. Wow. For me, it was very surreal because I grew up with his posters yeah, on the wall. Sure, you know what I mean as as a as a Forty Nine er fan. And so that was a pretty special moment. Um, so, no, he never made the team. But um, Okay, so you got Jerry. my top five. So, Jerry, uh, Rod Smith, yeah, of, course, uh, of course. We got to play with Rod for, for several years, and he taught me a lot about being a pro. I, my locker was put right next to Rod. Oh, that's so, cool. So, yeah, I got to pick his brain and see how he went to work and, you know, see how he did the meetings and all that. Uh, I'm going to put Ed McCaffrey in there as well because okay. I got to play one year with Ed. And I think I'm going to probably put J.J. Stokes in there. J.J.? Yeah. Okay. He was a good receiver. UCLA Bruin. Yeah, he was a good receiver. Uh, and that was in San Francisco. Um, but, uh, oh, no, B. no, B. Marsh. What yeah. am I talking about? Yeah. B. Marsh ahead of J.J. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so those are my five. Okay, tell me about J.J. Stokes real quick. J.J. Uh, Stokes was a tall, long receiver right. who was like, it was like, you know, thunder and lightning him and T.O. for a couple years there. And um, and I was like a quote-unquote big receiver, right? So I was like learning a lot from watching him. And he, he did some stuff off the line of scrimmage that was really impressive. He couldn't – he was kind of at the end of his career at that point. But um, but I thought J.J. Stokes was a First-round pick, I believe. Yeah. Like early pick there yeah. too, right? Okay. Yeah. yeah. 